This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on the woman behind the business, walking with ordered steps. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're excited to have two dynamic storytellers in our midst. When you realize your calling isn't about you yet, how you can shape the lives of others through the art of blending the right verbs with the perfect adjectives to craft a compelling message is a marvelous thing. Ebony McMorris is an award-winning journalist who currently serves as a national news correspondent for Reach Media, a subsidiary of Radio One and the CEO of Wynobi Global, a boutique PR and marketing firm based in her hometown of Washington, D.C. Throughout her nearly two-decade career, she's interviewed a number of political figures, including the distinguished John Lewis and celebrities like actor Jamie Foxx. She continues to push the envelope with her authentic conversations during her weekly feature, Social Media for Social Justice, which airs on WOL 1450 AM, where she also serves as a contributor to The Al Sharpton Show. Now, if that hasn't excited you, McMorris has recently been named the president of the D.C. chapter of the Black PR Society and was previously awarded the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award under Barack Obama for volunteer service. I am so excited to share my friend, my sister with you all today. Miss Ebony McMorris, welcome to the show. Thank you. You are my sister and my friend. <laughs> Truly, you are. So I'm excited. And I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of what you've created here. Thank you, Evie. So I love inviting some of my favorite people on the show because I enjoy sharing the amazing group of women that I'm blessed to be surrounded by with our listeners. And Ebony is definitely a part of my very special tribe. One reason is because at the core of who she is, it's serving others. So where does your passion for people come from? My love for God. Hmm. It does. Um, so I'm a native Washingtonian. I grew up in Edgewood um, and single parent home close to my mother. My mother worked in PR. She was a deputy um, director of PR for the DC Lottery. Hmm. Um, and she was always of the realm with um, to serve first. That's how that's how we were brought up. And throughout my career, I've always learned you get further when you serve first. When you lead that way, it comes right back. Um, and I have practiced that in everything that I do. And I've seen my mother do that. And so you give and it comes right back out. You, you get what you put out into the universe. Mm. Yes, this is so true. Now, we have a lot of business owners that tune into the show um, that think that getting on TV is as simple as crafting a press release, um, which, you know, you and I know better mm. than that. But I do want to ask you, um, what are some media tips or things that people should make sure that they incorporate in their press release if they actually want to get picked up? So first, and, and can I step back a little bit before the press release? Mm -hmm. Because before you craft your press release, know your audience, mm -hmm. know what you want to do. So come to the table with strategy. Are you um, trying to do TV, print, radio, um, online? And so most of the time, each of those entities online will tell you what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So one message is not crafted for everybody else, especially online. Um, you have to you have to incorporate more um, uh, digital items into your piece. Mm -hmm. So that's where video comes in. Um, that's where pictures. So when I worked for uh, Backstory, I worked for NBC for 16 years, mm -hmm. national and local side, and always got press releases. One thing that I always looked for 
customer, uh, number one, Put the meat up front. Don't hide it. Mm -hmm. First of all, don't always put it in a PDF because what people don't know, when you're working in a newsroom, you get stuff so fast. I want to be able to copy it and put it inside of the system that we use. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if it could have been really good, but if it took me too long to figure out, I'd chuck it. Mm -hmm. um, so put the most uh, important vital information up front. That should be really your first, I should understand what you're talking about in your first paragraph. Mm -hmm. So lead, uh, don't bury your lead. Mm -hmm. Second thing is make sure your contact information. This is simple stuff, but you would be surprised at how many people don't put their contact information on there. And I always say, put overnight information. If you are working in like a crisis organization or um, something of service that people would need to use in the midnight hour, have that because the news has a lot of breaking and at night stuff happens. Well, if I know that you sent me a release to, to let me know who you are in the community, if there is a breakout of violence and you are a community advocate, well, guess what? I might need you at nine o'clock at night, but if I only have your daytime number, that's not going to serve me. So it's whoever gets to me first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I keep a Rolodex full of those numbers. I love when I have people's personal information for that. Um, the second thing is, uh, well, we, most people, you know, you have your boilerplate, you have your information in the middle. If you are having an event, it's a little different than having just a regular press release. So you have what's a media advisory. Mm -hmm. The media advisory is structured a little different. That's basically your who, what, when, where and, and why. And then you can put all the other stuff inside of the press release. So do that. You may actually attach the press release and have the body of the email be the media advisory. Mm -hmm. Those are things that I can see in a snapshot um, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so just, you know, have a clear message and don't get don't give me don't get lost in extra details. Now, the other thing that I often hear people um, mention is that. And when I say people, established business owners, right? Those individuals who have been in business for 10 plus years, very successful, multi-million dollar companies. And they say, hey, Angel or whoever, I want to personally brand myself. I no longer want to just be tagged to this company. What are some tips that you can provide to those individuals who want to kind of step outside of the parameters of just being a business owner and more of a thought leader? Okay, and that's happening a lot because we're seeing uh, the culture in PR shift, right? So you're having before where I might know um, the uh, a company. Now I know the owner of that company. And the reason why is because consumers, especially younger consumers, they deal differently. They actually, in many ways, um, purchase more responsibly and they like social connections to those uh, businesses that where they purchase, especially in the black community. Now we're being more conscious buyers uh, and we want to hold people to moral authority. So when I would say if you are a business owner and you want to start separating yourself, first of all, you need to do a write up on yourself. You need to separate and say what it is that you are an expert in and write down what makes you an expert. You have to, I say, write the vision and make it plain. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt, I'm actually dealing with an owner who's uh, kind of gun shy in development and people know his company, but they don't know him. Mm -hmm. So we developed a, we're developing a full profile of who he is and then establishing, well, who does he want to speak to? Are well, you wait, what goes in that profile? So what we did, we listed um, his accomplishments and we did more of a, also a sociographic profile. Um, so we really looked at 
his his thing was he wanted to let people know that he made it from nothing. Mm-hmm. That was his message. So the development was great. We, people know what you've built, but how did you get there? So I had to get his story. Mm-hmm. And when I got the story, everything opened up. I was like, oh my gosh, people can learn from you. So that's, that's where you're leading in that thought leadership. What can I glean from your whole experience? Mm-hmm. That's what people want to know. Um, so I began to kind of re- really sketch out his whole bio. I started from times were hard. This is how we built it. This is how I got to my first million. And we put that in there. And from that, I developed talking points. These are the things that as a PR person, I can kind of sell you on Mm -hmm. because I'm starting to see that. Um, A lot of times business owners want to stay in that business lane and not open up, Mm -hmm. but there's a demand on people now. Like people really want to know your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that actually makes your brand more popular because people really want to develop a likability with your brand. Mm -hmm. So after we developed, um, his profile, um, then I had, um, one of, uh, my employees, begin to kind of shop to see what outlets um, we can begin um, submitting that profile to. So, of course, we did like on the moves, which people should have been doing anyway. Um, But we started to get his social media pages right Mm -hmm. Um, because his biggest question was, well, do I place it on the same website as the business or do I have a separate profile? That's a whole big thing. And so I said, well... Um, we looked at a few companies. I said, I, I want you to have something separate. Um, so we developed a whole different set of social media pages on from his LinkedIn profile. We developed a content calendar. So where he's not just posting the good news about his business, but he's giving people tips mm-hmm. and he's connecting with other thought leaders. Mm-hmm. Because although his company was a million dollar business, actually, he was on the BE 100 list. He wasn't he was so work focused he wasn't really connecting with people mm-hmm. in the industry mm-hmm. and he was tired of just like the money's great but now i want impact now a lot of people know about the importance of having a media kit what are some essential elements that you should include in your media kit absolutely press clippings mm-hmm. um definitely so when i would have media kits come to me the first thing that i would do is look at you know you have your bio you have your headshots please make sure they look Please make like sure they nice look. professional headshots. Yes, professional headshots, and you and you don't have to spend a lot of money these days on that, right? right? right. You don't have to do that because um, that Samsung is awesome. It, but you know what? <laughs> use it, but use it correctly. If yes. you don't know how to do it, but if you just like this, don't take no selfie, y'all. Not, yeah, it's not the selfie. <laughs> it's not the selfie. But there are some DIY things that mm-hmm. you can do. Absolutely, right? You know. So in the press kit, you have the your your bio, you have your press release, you have your press clippings, which are very important. Um, and then you have. Um, Talking points. Yeah, you have your talking points that you're going to have um, in there and then all your contact information. I mean, it's really simple. And I always tell people to have a, a um, an electronic press, press kit mm-hmm. because... People actually still, when I was at NBC, they were mailing me press kits. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, that's a waste. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. But people still do it. They mm-hmm. still do it. So try to make sure whatever you do, you do digitally. Um, and match it to a larger scale. Now, as a president of the Black PR Society, um, can you talk to us about opportunities that might be, well, that maybe exist now for people in PR um, or any new trends that you may be seeing? So there's a, let me just say this. Let me talk about some industries. Mm-hmm. If you are in PR, you're looking to get in PR, an industry that we're not tapping, and this is in particular women and then people of color, mm-hmm. cannabis. 
And I was just sitting down and talking with a friend of mine who trains companies. Um, they, he trains their customer service uh, people and, on cannabis and the industry. And we were talking. He was like, Ebony, you would be surprised. It's not a lot of us in this industry. People, it's like the wild, wild west. People don't quite know how. And here's why. Because with cannabis, you can't always advertise and talk about it in the same traditional ways you can do. So when it comes to ads. You mm-hmm. can't do ads on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't even talk about, I think YouTube has restrictions on talking about it. So you've got to see how what you can do on each platform. And oddly enough, you're going to have to use a lot of traditional PR methods um, in this lane right now. So mm-hmm. I would say if you want to make some money, and there's a lot of money in PR and dealing with this. And Canvas goes into so many different facets. Whether you're working with someone who has their own product or someone in the medical field, Mm -hmm. or just on even research. Find out what those restrictions are, but there's money in that a lot. Another is technology, right? Mm -hmm. So artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I'm encouraging people, get up on um, STEM fields, get up on AI, get up on technology. I have my first client a couple of years ago was in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. He saw the work that I did in other things. I was like, Bitcoin? I felt like I was going back to school But when I tell you I did my research, I did my work, and then I found I didn't see a lot of people like me in that lane doing PR. Mm -hmm. And so look for opportunities like that, and then you can just be as creative as you want to be. Awesome. Now, why did you decide to create Wynobi? Because I'm I'm like, you've worked for all of these huge media conglomerates. Yeah. And yet you still went searching for more. So So what was that? I decided to go into PR because working with NBC, my dream was like, be at NBC. Everything that I've wanted, I've been able to get into that field. So I'm thankful for that. Now, staying in the field is a whole nother story, right? (laughs) So don't be mesmerized. I got in. I was like, oh, this is crazy, right? (laughs) But I will say this. What motivated me was because I was tired of somebody telling me my worth. Um, I knew I, 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 people would call me with great uh, pitches that they had to get on the station. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to listen to you because you're not doing it right. And so I found myself always giving advice to business owners. And they always got the attention that they wanted. I was like, okay. So I put that in my back pocket. Okay, I can do it. I didn't quite know that that was just, you know, all the PR and that I was actually working in that capacity. I just wanted to help. I Mm -hmm. wanted to serve. And I was tired of people who should be on TV not being on there. Mm -hmm. So I'm crafting their messages, introducing them to people, networking, helping them put their packages together, um, even meeting other corporations and things like that on the side. Um, That's strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. So I'm working in all these lanes. And then one day... Um, I just got fed up. I said uh, it was a tough time in the news. The industry was kind of changing and I didn't have the flexibility that I wanted. I wasn't practicing self-care, which is very important. And I was stressed to the max mm-hmm. and I was underpaid. So on the outside, it looked wonderful. On the inside, I was a mess and stressed out and I had not really made much more money. And I said, God, If this is your way of showing me that I have to be able to do for myself and create my own, then I'm going to start doing it. Mm 
So bit by bit, I just started increasing my Rolodex, finding more about PR industry. I knew it came natural to me, but I wanted to know the business behind the business, Mm -hmm. how to set it up. Because I knew the day was going to come, somebody was going to say something crazy to me, and I want to be able to walk out and have something else to go to. Mm -hmm. And long story short, that day about came. (laughs) (laughs) That day about came, and I had to grow up. And I had to say, forget this big fancy title. And let me just say this. I act, I still have good relations with my people there. It wasn't even about them, honestly. It was about Ebony having to grow up in many ways mm-hmm. and step into who she really is. And sometimes God will allow doors to kind of close on you and things to go crazy just to agitate you because you're not going to move naturally. Mm-hmm. Even when the money isn't what you want, you will stay because you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, comfortable. You're comfortable. And so it wasn't NBC. It was time for Ebony to move on. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided I'm going to do Wynobi Global. And Wynobi is my name backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did Global because I said, I want to build at the end of the day a legacy for my children. That's always been in my heart. Whatever I do has to last beyond me. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm like, I I don't have any global clients. I don't know a lot of global people, but I've been saying global forever. And that door has, you know, has flung open. Mm-hmm. And so I started speaking things and my first contract I was at uh, I was still at NBC and doing an interview with a um, uh, gentleman and he's we started talking about his industry. He said, "Oh my god, we need somebody like you to craft this." I said, "Well, I can just, you know, help you." And then when I started to leave NBC, he gave me my first contract. My first contract and he's kept me on board ever since everywhere he goes. And that person is Steve Glade. He is the um, executive director for um, CNHED Coalition for Housing, um, uh, Nonprofit Housing Economic Development. And he's become a mentor. And he's like, I always saw something and you always stayed behind to give me extra. Now, speaking of mentors, uh, one of your favorite Bible verses is a wise man hears and increases learning. A man of understanding attains his wise counsel. Proverbs one five. Mm-hmm. Why is that such a important um, scripture for you? Because when the business started growing, and I was happy about the contracts, it was not set up right, and I had not set. In, I hadn't gone to a lawyer. I hadn't got my taxes set up properly. It was a hot mess. So you're excited. You're like, oh, you know, raining down money. Da, 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 da. But there's a point when you can get stuff in and, and it will backfire if you don't operate properly. And that's the business behind the business. You're always going to be skilled at your gifts and talents. But you also know have to figure out how to create structure. And so one day I was like, Lord, oh, my God. And I just felt like I was like, I said, ask for wisdom and I'll give it to you abundantly. You ain't asked for nothing. So every day. For three months, my daily diet was to get up and go exercise. And I began to memorize the book of Proverbs. I would just be there and memorizing it. And what it did, pretty soon, I began to slow down in my speech and listen more. And then God began to give me strategy, like on the spot strategy for stuff. I'm like, okay, because I was... is There's a stillness that you get and a peace. And I didn't have to like prove anything anymore. That I was just peaceful. And I'm and I always tell people, reading the book of Proverbs, I don't care what you believe in. It's just a good book. You learn good business sense. Mm-hmm. And I began to pay attention to the people that I had in my circle 
that did not belong in that circle. And it also forced me to come out of my circle. Mm. And I'm telling you, there's no way you can get up and read that every day and not be changed. Is that why you disappeared? I'm just joking. <laughs> she ain't in the circle. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, God. But you know, we met around that time. Oh, really? We met around that time because in doing that, I began to ask God to put people in my life. I do remember you telling me that. I began to ask God to just put people in my life. And what happens is what you don't know is while you're going about your life, somebody has your name in their mouth. Mm -hmm. And so when you leave, when you leave a good name and a good reputation, it's nothing for somebody to say, I know who you should meet. This is who you should connect with. And that's exactly how we got connected. This is true. Very true story. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Ebony. Thank I you. have enjoyed our conversation and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Now, you're not going to go anywhere, um, but it's time for our legal minute break. And when we return, we'll introduce you to the woman behind Gospel Access. Stay with us. Welcome to the WBB Legal Minute featuring Nyasha West. She's the principal attorney at West Law Firm, where she specializes in business law and family law and bankruptcy. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about the different ways to get your business established. Now, Nyasha, what are those different entities that you can choose from when it comes time to establish your business? The most popular Entities that most business owners um, choose to go with when forming their businesses are a sole proprietorship, LLCs, or a corporation. Um, and the entity that you choose depends on what the business is that you're getting into. If you're getting into a business where you'll have very low interaction with the public and therefore very low liability, um, then a sole proprietorship may be a good option for you. Um, if you're getting into any other business where you're going to be interacting with the public, um, selling them goods or services, then you would want to choose an LLC or a corporation. Um, and the reason is, is because um, with those entities, the business owner is personally protected. So your assets are personally protected. So if I have a business and my business is a store and somebody comes into my store and slips and falls. If I have an LLC or a corporation, the person who slipped and fell would sue the company and they wouldn't sue me. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that my house and my personal assets are protected and they would be limited to the assets of the, of the, the company. company. Yes. Okay. Now, really quickly, what's the difference between an S corp and a corp? So an S-Corp is a corporation that doesn't have self-employment taxes, um, whereas a corporation has a whole host of other um, of other taxes that the um, business would have to pay. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but with uh, C-Corporations, um, the business owner may be subjected to double taxation mm. um, on their dividends. With the S-Corp, um, they wouldn't be subjected to double taxation. Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing this legal minute with us. You're welcome. All right. To learn more, how do people get in contact with you? 
You can contact me at the Westlaw firm. My website address is nawestlaw.com or my telephone number is 301-798-4100. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And stay tuned for the rest of The Woman Behind the Business. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up a conversation with Ms. Ebony McMorris, CEO of Wynobi Global. Today's show is all about walking with ordered steps, which essentially means trusting in a, how- a higher power to guide our decisions. And I believe it's safe to say that Tracy Gales did just that when she decided to create Gospel Access. Minister Tracy Gales is a celebrity, faith, and entertainment journalist who specializes in helping high-profile individuals determine their life's purpose. She recently returned from capturing celebrity interviews at the Oscars, so we're honored to have her in studio with us today. Welcome to the show, Minister Gales. Thank you, Angel. (laughs) Excited to be here. Thank you. Now, Minister Gales, I didn't give a real description regarding what Access Gospel is. So can you tell us a little bit about the platform that you've created? Sure. Gospel Access is a site where people can come of all ages. They can come and get empowerment and give you an example. The tagline to Gospel Access is get up get started and get going. Access your greatness. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a seed of greatness. So what I do is I interview different people who are at the top of their game, who are already successful, and they give their testimony on how they made it. That's awesome. Now, you started your... entrepreneurial journey a little later in life. I did. What would I am you not s- a millennial. <laughs> and that's okay. Well. Yes. <laughs> now, what were you say um, were your greatest obstacles that you had to overcome when you decided to walk by faith? Probably confidence in my ability. Hmm. You know, we all have faith in God, but when the rubber hits the road, you ask yourself, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. And I remember my very first red carpet interview was with Angela Bassett. And right before she hit the carpet, I freaked out and I had like a mini panic attack. And I remember I turned my face to the wall and I said, you can do this. You can do this. So I think that was my greatest obstacle was just disbelieving in myself that I could do it. I think that's so true. We uh, recently had a guest on who has a book out called um, Getting Unstuck. And one of her um, letters in her acronym for tribe is belief. And we were talking and I essentially said, I think that a lot of times it's not necessarily, you know, we all say we believe in, you know, ourselves. We believe we can do anything. We say it. But until you actually test yourself, how much do you really believe in yourself? And so I applaud you for turning around and being like, yo, Angela, <laughs> come to this mic right here. <laughs> and when you, th- when you think about it, we really don't know what our limitations are. Mm-hmm. So we have to act like we have no limits. Only God knows the limits that we have. Right. Exactly. She said, act like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have to push ourselves. Exactly. To see exactly how far we can go. Now, you had an amazing opportunity to interview a number of celebrities. What was your most powerful interview and why? Wow, I think I've got to give it to Vivica Fox. Yeah, Vivica Fox was real and she told her story of how when she got out of school, she decided she wanted to be an actress and she just packed up and just moved to L.A. Mm. And she just was really, really inspiring as far as just burning the bridge. I'm going to do this. Her and Anthony Anderson, Anthony Anderson of Blackish, 
absolutely wonderful. He talks about being prepared for opportunity, Mm -hmm. staying ready, because we only have a window of opportunity for whatever that opportunity is. So we have to stay ready so we don't have to deal with the anxiety that comes when you're not ready. And you know when you're not ready. Now, how did you know you were ready when you got that calling, that tap, that whisper? Like, what was that experience like? I felt I was ready, but then I was dealing with the confidence issue as well. So you have to know, I mean, you know when you're, when it's your time and you have to move when it is your time. And a lot of times you really are ready. You may not think you're ready. (laughs) True. So how did Access Gospel come to you? Gospel Access? Um, Yeah, sorry. Gospel Access. How did that come to you? A lady by the name of Dr. Barbara Reynolds, who is a uh, political journalist, She had an opportunity to interview some celebrities on the red carpet and she could not make it. So she asked me if I would do it and I'd never done it before. So it was a window of opportunity that, thank God, I stepped in. Oh, that's amazing. See, that's the the backstory I love to get because sometimes, like you said, you have to stay ready. But sometimes people don't always hear what that stay ready looks like, what it sounds like and what that experience was for you. So Mm -hmm. thank you for um, sharing that. Now, I have a quote of you saying, my purpose is to lead others to their calling. It's a tremendous gift to help others discover who they are. Why do you feel that way? And how successful have you been with assisting people fulfill their purpose or find it? Yeah, I think that is a gift of mine is helping people discover who they are. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people don't really see how valuable they are. Everyone has a seed of greatness within themselves. And a lot of times people don't see that. So that is a gift of mine to help people see who they are and discover who they are. Now, what is it that you kind of look at or is there, you know, some different things that you can offer the audience to kind of think about if they are kind of stuck and not really know what their purpose in life is? I think they should examine what they're good at, what they're good at and what they're passionate about. And don't be afraid to go in that lane. Mm -hmm. That's -hmm. what I believe. Now, how important is it, do you feel, um, to stepping outside of your comfort zone? How important is that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to step out of your comfort zone because that's where all the action is. (laughs) You know, just like I said, my first red carpet opportunity, that was way out of my comfort zone. Even though I knew I was there to do a job, I had never done it before. Mm -hmm. You have to step outside of your comfort zone. Now, what would you say is your favorite scripture? All things work together for the good of those who love God. That. Because we go through so much in life and we get so many different experiences, but every single thing is working together for our good. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's very true. I think kind of going back to what Ebony said earlier, we go through good, bad and indifferent. And sometimes the bad things are God tickling us like, yo, teaches the best lesson yeah in this me versus me battle (laughs) exactly and it It was david that that said it was good for me yeah that i've been afflicted it was good for me right we don't know it's good when we're going through it right but when you go through it and you get on the other side you look back in hindsight it's like oh my god i'm glad he left me i'm glad she betrayed me i'm glad i didn't get the loan whatever 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 and that builds character come on gospel access you better (laughs) tell it miss gales that's my client (laughs) come on yeah so it was just that's my favorite scripture 
All right. So what are some things that we can look forward to as it relates to gospel access this year? Oh, my goodness. You can look forward to more celebrity interviews. What I've done is I've interviewed people from all walks of life who are all at the top of their game from Academy Award nominees, Grammy Award winners, successful pastors, successful business owners. So what you can look forward to is knowing that you are going to get some empowering advice, some inspiring insights that can help you step up and into your own personal greatness. Now, I'm going to take it backwards just for a second, then we're going to come back, I promise. You are not used to doing interviews. So what were you doing before? What was I doing before? Um, sales. I'm in sales. So that was my job. So I'm always... But I always had this dream to... I don't know. It's just something about I find fascinating is listening to other people's testimonies. Mm-hmm. So I just had this desire just to go and interview these people and just, you know, ask them how they made it. How did you react when you got to, for example, a fork in the road moment when you wanted to throw the towel in? I wanted to hear the behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I never interviewed anyone, but that was stepping outside of my comfort zone. Right. Can I say something about Tracy? So... Mm-hmm. We, so, so why not we global has been helping to brand gospel access, but let me tell you the story behind that story. Mm-hmm. I used to uh, have the contract to do PR for Evangel. We did the largest um, Christmas play on the East coast, the Christmas pageant. And I used to invite tons of media. Mm-hmm. This one right here who was not ready was the one. If I was off needed somebody like to step in to do anything. And I, and we only Yolanda Adams, when she came, I could only have like a limited amount of people who could do the interviews. This is the one I could depend on. Mm-hmm. She always gave the best interviews and I had professional media outlets there. Mm-hmm. Tracy always nailed it and she always went in mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're awesome. So it's like when you're in that process, I didn't know that she was feeling that way because mm-hmm. to me, she came off like a boss <laughs> and I was like, you coming back? I need you. And then she just started showing up mm-hmm. and doing other things like sis it's coming around again what do you need me to do now extra outside of that so she began to lend herself mm-hmm. so when she stepped out and said I'm really doing this I need you she helped encourage me to step out the box when every year I was like I don't know what I want to do and she was like Ebony just do it just mm-hmm. do it I got you mm-hmm. and so that's that sisterhood that comes in when you watch people's come up you don't realize or they may not realize you're encouraging me as well mm-hmm. yeah which I think is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Now, going back to what we can expect with Gospel Access, mm-hmm. which she has her shirt on, and I keep looking down so I don't say it wrong. <laughs> um, how did you decide like how you were going to build out the platform? I feel like there's so many different ways of getting media out today. What made you decide that, hey, I want to own my platform. I don't necessarily want to go, you know, and just upload it to another, you know, media outlet. Well, I think you can probably help me answer that question, Ebony. Um, we had to really sit down, like we said before, and talk about who do you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, first, because Tracy's profile was on strong following on Facebook, and this is a you know real question. You know this in branding. Should you should you have a website? Yes, mm-hmm. really own your own mm-hmm. um, if you can, because you don't know what outlets are going to be shut down. And mm-hmm. we've seen what's happening with Facebook; it gets funky, and we know that you know. 
there's more importance now on advertising. The algorithms change constantly. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have a place to um, live if that gets taken away. What do you what do you do? Mm-hmm. And so I always would encourage people to do that. And so we said absolutely the website. We had to gut the old website, mm-hmm. bring in a designer and figure out what she wanted to spotlight um, and then add on to that because. Um, I needed to have her on Instagram and other platforms. And so literally um, we just had to sit down and do some tutorials. We're still in that process. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you, like w- she's sticking to her, it's like some of some of the lives she's sticking to that content calendar that we have for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, we keep a schedule. It looks like all fun and dandy, but we have our planning sessions on Sundays at nine mm-hmm. and we have to reschedule. We do that. But consistency always gets, gets you there. So okay. I, she told me what she wanted. Translated it to it and we made it happen. Now, how do you generate revenue by it being on your own platform? And we haven't got to that part yet. (laughs) So, right. So that's literally, that's where we are. The brand is really picked up faster than once we got it together. It's picked up faster than what we really think. So because of her consistency, there's some opportunities that we can't say that are on the table right now Mm -hmm. um, that Tracy's in talks with. Um, You might be seeing her on some larger platforms. Um, So so that's that's one in. Um, She's being asked to. host some red carpet. So we're turning those into paid. I always tell people in the beginning, I was always saying yes to everything free. Don't do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Start attaching dollars to your name. Um, we're also going to be developing some product. So I always say have some product in your arsenal right. um, to generate revenue. And I think that's very important um, in regards to a lot of people want to out the gate, make all this money, especially in media. Right. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, if you're passionate about what you're doing, then it will come, right? Mm-hmm. And and then it's really testing and molding you and you're building, you mm-hmm. know, this is my skill set. This is my style. This mm-hmm. is my brand that I've created. And then once people see it and they recognize, oh, this is that person that, you know, Absolutely. Is, you know so great exactly. of a speaker in this area or does these amazing Absolutely. interviews. Um, and then also, in addition to some of the product, so and we're part in that, and this is advice, and I know you probably told your audience this, chronicle what you're, chronicle the steps, mm-hmm. because that's a book too. Right. How you got here, um, what it felt like, because especially for Tracy, because she's saying, I left a job doing all this, had a had, um, has a, a has son doing this by myself, and I decided to step out. Mm-hmm. That type of wisdom and encouragement can be an ebook, it can be a tabletop it's book, true. it can be a lot of different things. She she um, collects quotes, she gets them directly from some of the stars. Mm-hmm. That's an, that's more product that you have. Mm-hmm. So it, literally everything you touch, what you can, what you do. There's so much creativity. Creativity literally is embedded mm-hmm. in exactly. us, and you can mm-hmm. create. From nothing. That's and how Genesis starts. And, and honestly, <laughs> the the platform sometimes isn't always your money maker. It is true. Your platform is sometimes just your outlet to connect with your audience. Absolutely. Right? But once you establish who you are to your audience, then, you then the then... products and services, uh-huh. those are the things right. that you can attach the dollars and exactly. the sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been talking. I mean, it's it's a good conversation. I mean, it's a good conversation we've been having about how to do this and how to be creative. And I was listening to a sermon recently and he was saying the way you get to innovation is your creativity and your strategy. 
leads to innovation. And mm-hmm. so many of us are creative wow. and we have no strategy. Mm-hmm. That way, that means you can't go to the innovative level. And so there are going to be some waters you're going to step into that may be unfamiliar to you or some places God wants you to go. And you don't really see a lot of people in that. So you got to yeah. slow down mm-hmm. and strategize. Mm-hmm. Keep those notes. Stuff that I wrote 10 years ago, literally on my wall, is just now happening. Mm-hmm. Wow. You never know. Now, before we wrap and head into our moments from the Valley, I do want to ask you about your role as minister um, at Greater Mount Calvary um, Holy Church. What exactly do you do um, at the church and how did you decide to found the um, the family ministry? Okay, well, I've been a minister since 2001. Okay. So I've been a minister at Greater Mount Calvary for a while. But we serve as the extended arms of the pastor. Okay. Because everyone can't get to the pastor. So that's the main thing that we do. And the family ministry actually started out as a single parent's ministry. And it blossomed from there to include the family ministry. So that's a part of the church. Mm -hmm. It's a ministry within the church. Okay, wonderful. And then so what is the goal of that ministry? Well, I don't head that ministry yet. We passed it on to an actual married couple because it had turned into (laughs) the family ministry. Yeah. (laughs) But um, when I was the head of the single parenting ministry, it was really helping the single parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is definitely a need there. Now, how do you currently, well, how old is your son now? My son is, my baby is 24. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay. And he's doing amazing things. Yeah, he just got a job in Dubai, actually. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. so thank you so much for joining us, Minister Gales. I really enjoyed hearing your story. Hope you have me back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when we got some new hot, you know, gospel access going on. That's right. <laughs> um, so... This is the point in the show where we share a moment from the valley. Um, And this is essentially a time where you were going through a rough period and you didn't know how you were going to overcome a particular situation. Now I'm going to give you a moment to come up with your moment from the valley. And while you all are thinking, we are going to get inspired by this next song. Stay with us. Something, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, ladies, are you ready? Yes. Ebony's mm-hmm. still quiet. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Ebony, we're going to start with you. So, I'm going to be very transparent and, and quick. In the course of four years, it was the hardest time of my life, literally constantly. Here's why. Within that four years, I got engaged, got unengaged, uh, lost my job, had to sue, got my dream job, lost it in two weeks, got another job that got cut a year later and contracts were dry. Got hit with two eviction notices. 
and had no nothing. I was like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> so the blessing is my bills got paid. <laughs> I realized through the broken engagement that I was stronger than I thought. That was the best. When you go through, I'm not even gonna cry. When you go through something so hard and you lose everything at one time, it's hard. And I cried, like literally, I cried out from a place I had never cried out. I'm usually the happy one. And I was like, God, what are you doing? And I was like, you're stripping me so that I could find myself. And when I tell you, when I got it together, I got engaged to another man. <laughs> I'm engaged. Um, but I walk into rooms now and I know who I am. And more than anything, my biggest prayer during that time was because I went through depression. I was like, what is going on? How you give me something and take it? Like every when things would go bad, I was scared because I was looking for when things would go good. I was scared because I was looking for something bad to follow behind. Mm-hmm. And I remember crying out and said, God, just don't let me lose my mind. Because at that point, that's all I, I was like, I can't lose my mind in this. And I just had to get quiet. And I'm telling you, that was like a three year stretch, mm-hmm. three year stretch. And sometimes you can't tell everybody because if you get too transparent, they're looking at you like, what? You got to what? How do you do that? How are you irresponsible? And I said, God, this is this is not quite a job experience, but I'm losing me. And I didn't have a man too. you know, I'm just like everybody's. Ah. So after that, when I got past that and I just felt like I will never go back there, but I thank God for it because now I can help other women who I see. And when I t- when they say, I don't know what I'm going to do, I always say, listen, when I tell you you're going to make it, I'm not telling you that just because I don't know what to tell you. I'm telling you that because I know it. You'll be okay. And that was like my like valley to my mountain trail. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Evie. <clears throat> and you forgot to mention when the dog got hit. And the dog, right? And the dog died in the same right? country. Was, saw you. The dog died. I literally was calling friends like, what is going on? But I'm good. And I got two new dogs, too. Aw. Two new dogs. <laughs> okay, minutes to Gail. Let's see. I think one of my darkest times had to do with my father. My father was never in my life. So that was my main prayer. You know how we have all these prayers that we lay before the Lord, but there's one prayer that's like, God, I really am trusting you to do this right here. What I was trusting him to do was to allow us to have a relationship because my father was never in my life. Well, I got a call a couple of years ago that he had a massive stroke and he died. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is my number one prayer that I have before the Lord. I'm trusting I am put all these eggs in the basket. Lord, I'm just trusting that we're going to have a relationship. He's going to own me as his daughter and everything's going to be fine. And then the, the man died. That for me was a very, very difficult time because I was like, God, I, I, I trusted you to do this. Uh. And you ain't know it. Mm-hmm. I trusted you to do this. And what pulled me through was reading the story about the three Hebrew boys when they went in the fire and they said, we know 
God, that you can deliver us from this flame. But if not, we're still going to praise you. Mm-hmm. And something happened and broke within me because I was a little, I had a little attitude towards God because mm-hmm. he didn't answer the, the prayer. And when I read that scripture, something broke within me. And I was like, God, you know what? You got my life. You got my life. And if he was supposed to be in my life, he'd, he'd be in my life. Mm-hmm. So that that let me have like a deeper faith in God, which is kind of ironic because right. he didn't answer the prayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, and it showed me, you know what, God, I'm really, I'm really with you. Yeah. I know you're with me, with but I'm really with you because with you, you didn't answer that particular prayer. So I have to just trust that, you know, what you're doing pertaining to my life mm-hmm. and it, all is good. I mean, I have no hatred towards it, towards, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. my deceased father who I never had a relationship with. It was just just a, a, a dark time, but a beautiful time at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A dark time and a beautiful time at Absolutely. the same time. Well, that's powerful. Well, thank you, ladies, both for sharing your moments from the valley with us. I am sure that it will be a blessing to those who heard it and minister to the hearts of um of many. So at this point, would you like to share your social media so our um, audience can get in contact with you? I'm Ebony McMorris on everything, Twitter, Facebook, IG, and my website actually is, is being revamped. So that's ebonymcmorris.com. But if you want to email me, that's always good. Global at gmail.com. And Y-N-O-B-E. Global. And we're going to change that Gmail. Actually, you know what? I also have another one. Ebony at uh, Wynobi Global. Thank you. Let's... Right, because this one got on me a long time. Why do you have that? And it's so bad I use that one more. But you can do Ebony at WynobiGlobal.com. <laughs> gospel right. Access website is gospelaccess.org. That's the website. And I'm also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. My YouTube channel should be up this week. This weekend. <laughs> she added that in for a couple extra days. This weekend. <laughs> it will be complete. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed having you. And that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering for the Woman Behind the Business Retreat titled Vision 2020, using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. So if you would like to see Ebony in person, she will be one of our featured speakers. So go ahead. You can get registered. It's all happening in the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th, 2020 at Bahamar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com slash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our show producer, Kyle Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.